On this episode of Geek Out Loud, Derek and I pay homage to the great Harold Ramis by talking about his most famous movie, uh, Ghostbusters, and Ghostbusters 2, along with Guardians of the Galaxy, Jesse Eisenberg, Rebels, and all kinds of fun stuff. It's your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. That's your safe place to geek out. My name is Steve Glosson, and along with me, as always, my podcasting partner for life, the man who put me on the map as far as podcasting goes, my good friend, your good friend, and a friend to animals everywhere, the great Derek Russell. There's a map? That Yeah, yeah. And... I'm kind of... Now, when you say I put you on the map, is that like that London episode of Friends where Joey goes in the map? No, but that's a good reference. That's it, all, all I got. You bet your sweet bippy. No, no, I mean, like, you realize friends. that any... Like, I mean, like, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but you realize that any success I've had in podcasting is a direct result of you bringing well, me... Well, we're into, using that term pretty loosely. Well, <laughs> that's why I say any success. Like what, any, phase of, what stage of the Big Hogan show are you in now? We're in the fifth age. <laughs> How many times have you been canned? Uh, twice. Well, really just once. The other time I kind of did it to myself. I canned myself. I canned myself. They wanted you to sell out, and you were like, I sell out for nobody. I'm Steve Glosson. No, I, I'm, I'll gladly I'm going sell home out. And I'm going back to sleeping in until 8.30 in the morning. At this point, I'll gladly sell out. I know. You won't, you won't... Isn't it sad, but like I would, like in a minute? I mean, like I, like if someone came along and, and said, hey, we want to sponsor your show, and it has to be... You know, I mean, I wouldn't sell out just any old body, but, you know. No, but I would. Like, if Fago Cola came along and said, we want to sponsor the Geek Out Loud, I'd be like, yeah. okay, it's Fago's Geek Out Loud. Yeah. You know. and Don't, don't you want a Fanta? A Fanta Fanta. Yeah. Well, see, but like, okay, so let's say I wrote this great script and whatever. It, 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 it did okay, but, you know, nobody really wanted it. But they're like, we see potential. Why don't you do Alvin and the Chipmunks five? I'm oh yeah, do Heck it. yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm doing Garfield three. Right, I mean, it's happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then, I, and then you get to do the commentary track. I'm Derek Russell, writer I of Garfield three. I've run the writer on this film. <laughs> Twenty really, minutes into it, <laughs> I really was going for an existential. Nobody's even watching this. <laughs> I really wanted to see Garfield have an existential crisis. What happens when the lasagna is all gone? What happens if we take away the Odie? Let's take away the puppy. Odie got hit by a car early on, and it broke everyone's heart, but it sets up a great adventure for Garfield as he strives to save Odie's life. I thought, really, when I wrote the the character of John Arbuckle, I just saw it as John Cryer. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote John Arbuckle as John Cryer. Bringing Nermal in, to me, was a stroke of genius, just because... uh, you such a tertiary character but but still so vital to to contrast Garfield's prickliness with Nermal's uh annoyingly cuteness. 
Fun trivia fact, most people think Nermal's a girl, actually a boy. The nope, silent, there's that one scene. The right silent, the silence you hear is is my. <laughs> we have to. You gotta <laughs> hold for the Bill Murray dialogue. And then... No, you broke me there. I, I don't. I don't. Are you sure about what? Normal being a boy. Yeah, Normal's a boy. No, look it up. That's amazing. I tell you why. I know this because our our good friend Spencer. Yeah. Yeah, I call him Normal. Okay. Because there's never been a more accurate that's, that's summing true. up yeah. of someone before. That's true. So that's looking true. into it, yes, normal is a boy. Like if you read, if you were to take the normal uh, Wikipedia page mm-hmm. and and delete the word norm, normal and put in the word Spencer, it all it still would fit. I got you. Try it. Yeah, you, you <laughs> get a second here. I'll vamp. No, I'm good. I, oh, okay. I think Later. I think I think the big um, the the big shocker with your Garfield 3 script is Heathcliff coming in in the third act and he and Garfield showing down. That's, the, down. that's the, the War of the Worlds right there. It re- I mean, it is universes colliding. It's, it is the greatest orange crossover cat since... Orange cat. It's the greatest crossover since the JLA and the Avengers. And then the U.S. Acres guys show up and everybody's <laughs> just, what? <laughs> Comes Orson the Pig. Mm. Mm. There we go. US that's Acres. all I remember is Orson the Pig and Chick that's in the shell yeah, the that doesn't shell. come out. Yeah, and then one time he hatched, but it was just a shell underneath. Yeah, but it's thanks. Sorry, spoiler like, alert. Spo- spoiler season four. <laughs> spoiler alert. I waited four years. <laughs> he just gonna throw a crystal. That's it. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> Smallville so the, the map. Do what's that? Uh, we uh, that's how we got here. There's a map. Yeah, yeah, the the podcasting map. The way well, back. What I'm saying is is that I would still have like 20 listeners to geek out loud had it not been for you bringing me into Starkville House of Ale. I don't know because you still would have ended up on the Space Channel, and and the radio show would have still happened. Well, I guess so, but but I mean, I have gotten no new listeners to Geek Out Loud because of the radio show. Well, I, you've gotten no new listeners to Geek Out Loud due to me, sir. Uh, whatever, man. Starkville House of Ale. I'm talking about recently. Oh. I'm just down here in my bunker. Oh, I, I, you know, I was wondering, I was going to ask, are you still oh, in the bunker? Oh, we're still here. It's still, still in happened. the fort. I had been home a whole lot. You going to keep asking me questions? You going to come podcast in the fort? <laughs> you know, I was out doing stuff tonight, as you know. Yeah, <laughs> I do know. Got out of bed and the kitchen. Um, Are you making fun of me? I'm not making fun You're of you. Laughing. I just don't know any Dabney Coleman lines, and so all I can do is sing the song. <clears throat> Working nine to five. Wasn't Lily Tomlin in that movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great comedic actress, by the way, Lily Jane Tomlin. Jane Fonda. Oh, was she? It was Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton. Those are the three. You know, Dolly Parton just is is apparent. She has a reputation of being one of the nicest people in entertainment. Remember her from the Beverly Hillbillies movie? Was she in the Beverly Hillbillies movie? She sang "Happy Birthday" to Jed. She sure did. She yeah. sure did. Ernest. I remember um, Caroline. What, br- what brilliant casting that was! Oh, it was great. He's dead now. It's so sad. Well, um, this is this is actually more of an impromptu recording of Geek Out Loud than I anticipated. But You're uh, what's that? You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Which means we're going to go off the rails a little bit because there are no 
show notes or anything. So, which, you know, and a lot of our listeners would say, hey, how is that different from any other time? <laughs> to which I would... plan things? <laughs> I would point you to early episodes of Skynex, our Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles podcast, versus later episodes of Skynex, our Terminator the Sarah Chronicles com- podcast. And since there were only like 30 of those, we're talking 15 and 15. I actually had someone reach out to me, ask me if, if I knew how to get those episodes because he had gotten his fiance into the show which let me tell you something probably that engagement's probably going to end when they get to the end of season two and she's like all right throw in the next disc <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> exactly what do you mean this Derek's is the man. end i'm out of sky next episodes she throws the ring at him <laughs> it's over worst mistake. it is over it was the worst mistake you could have made dude sorry but Derek, come ride with me on my segue because, you know, it's not impossible that shows that were long thought deceased could come back from the dead as we have Come ride with me on my segue. As we have found out just yesterday or just this weekend rather. I'm sorry, I need a minute after that. <laughs> well, heroes Come ride with me on my segue built for two as I move into the next conversation. Well, I'm just talking to Hey, hey. <laughs> Go to the Bob Dylan voice now. Hey, on my segue, talking to the Heroes Reborn. Derek, Heroes is coming back. Yeah, I don't care. What? Yes, you do. Oh, I, I, I didn't like it, and I hated it, and I don't care. Mm. So you, awesome. you, weren't a, you weren't a part of one of the, the, probably, I will say the premier Heroes podcast on the internet, The Tenth Wonder. No, that was the, the, the premiere. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So you were not a part of that. Uh, you know, who could say? That I, was a lifetime and several bags of Funyuns ago. I mean, I could say as you sorry. were a part of that podcast. Uh, it's iffy. No, no, Derek, it's not. There, I mean, there was video and audio. I'm not sure there was. I've, we can call Graham. Uh, who? Graham. No, who's Graham? Gra- who is Graham? Graham Hancock, your friend. Who is Houston? Who is? That's my question forever. <laughs> Heroes is coming back. Yeah, what? I mean, now it's serious. What's Heroes? Serious business. What do you think of that? I'm more excited about 24 coming back. Is 24 coming back or are they just doing that movie? No, it's a miniseries. Okay. 24 episode miniseries. No, it's uh it's no, it's like 13 episodes. 24. 13. We're going to mess with the whole premise of the show. <laughs> 24 double time. You saw every minute of Jack Bauer for eight years. Now, we're going to jump a few hours in between episodes. You saw... What, <clears throat> what are we going to do? What is- <laughs> Wait, hold on. You saw every minute of Jack Bauer for eight years. Now, we're speeding it up to get it done faster. What do you mean we're not going to see between 2 and 5 p.m.? What does he do? Wouldn't you think they, I mean, surely they would choose to, to cut out maybe between 2 and 5 a.m. It depends on when the episode starts. Like Jack falls asleep. <laughs> and it's I like. I don't think boop, there was ever a time for boop, napping during those boop, eight years. Boop. And, you know, 5 o'clock rolls around. He wakes up. I'm just going to take a nap. I'm just going. <laughs> I need to sleep. Chloe. Grandfather now. Yeah. Um, I'm on the run. 
I got a, you know what? I've gone into a Batman type voice. You have, and I don't know why. So that's what that feels like. Have you seen the Lego movie yet? I've not. I hear we it's amazing. We can't be friends anymore. I hear it's amazing. I can't. It, I've seen it three times, and it's so good. I hear it's like the best thing to hit a movie screen in a long, long it's time. It's the most fun I've had in a movie, and I don't know when. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I just haven't been able to... Uh, you will to love get it. To the theater and you will love it. Put down my money for you it. You will love it. That's what I hear. I, I, you know, I've heard about the Star Wars cameo and everything, and so. Oh, you, that's a spoiler. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. No, that's a huge spoiler in the movie. Well, I, I blame Rebel Force Radio. The Rebel Force Radio. That's a huge spoiler. That's a huge. You guys made a spoiler for the Lego you guys, movie. You guys, there are seventy-two. Original episodes of Star Trek. <laughs> um, uh, well, that was good. Uh, we hadn't done that in a while. So, Apple, it's Apple, Apple. So, uh, with the, the one of the better parts is Superman hitting on the Statue of Liberty, which I just find hilarious. Now, see, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, Superman flies in, and there's the Statue of Liberty. Hey, girl, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I did see the trailer that they cut to be like the uh, the Man, Man of Steel, Steel. trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now I want to, Derek. I, serious, serious business on this whole heroes thing. Uh huh. What do you, what do you? Because I really dug season four. A lot of people didn't like the fourth season, but I dug it. And and I was I was hoping they would be able to move forward from that and and do something better than what they did with like two and three. But um, but they did I didn't not. like the circus people. You didn't? I don't think I. Did. That I can honestly say, I will. Okay, honestly, I got a little pumped up when that when that came on the other night. Like I saw it live, and I was like, "Somebody's tr- somebody's punking me!" Right, I'm being punked. <laughs> like I thought somebody got a hold of my local cable affiliate, my my NBC, and was punking me. Um, and I immediately put the wind out of your sails. Well, no, and I, I, it was like an hour later before yeah. I texted you. Um, You're like, well, I'll wait because I know he'll rain on my parade. <laughs> I don't ever get too excited about something to text Steve because Steve's <laughs> like, yeah, I saw it. <laughs> it's pretty cool, I guess. It's pretty cool, I guess. These episodes are getting better because we're talking about things less and less. Have you noticed that? What are you talking about? Like, we have not talked about Lego Movie. We have not talked about Guardians of the, Guardians of the Galaxy. No. I gotta, the, thing, the big part of this episode, mm-hmm. we have never done an episode on and is my second to third favorite franchise in the world. That's true. I mean, we're, we're discussing things less and less. Steve, why, why, why are we drifting apart? What do you mean? You, what do you mean? We're, you mean like outside of the podcast we're discussing things less we're and less? We're not discussing things. Is, I don't think we ever have. Ah, uh, I call uh, a bull because bull. because I, bull. I think the mindset has always been let's keep it for the show. We have never done that. Oh well, that's always been my mindset. Well, fine. I don't know what we've never. We have always when something happens, we're like ah. Maybe I, I Muppets trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both did it at the same time. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I really want to 
need to make that your text tone. As far as as far as trailers go, that's probably been one of the best ones I've seen in in a few months. Is is just that fifteen second yeah, New Year's trailer? Because the Kermit's acting weird. Yes. <laughs> in two thousand thirteen, there were no Muppet movies, but in two thousand fourteen, <clears throat> there will be Muppets Most Wanted. Yay! Watch that not even be in the movie. Uh, Watch them have cut that. That'll be fine though, because we got that trailer. I mean, we got you know. I'll I can write always a letter. I can, yeah, I'll write a. I will draft a letter now, just in preparation of that. Show up at Brian Austin Green's studio <laughs> and t- demand all the masters. <laughs> Give me everything. You. We're gonna cut this thing. We will make our own Muppets movie. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, if two people were going to write a Muppets movie, I don't know that I could. Steve, I don't know. I don't know that Steve. I could. I don't know that I could. Steve, I don't know that I could write any movie. Steve, Derek, Derek, let's be real. I put you on the map. You did. <laughs> I take you off the map. Oh. I don't know what that means. Derek giveth and taketh away. I put you on this map. I'll take you off it. Hey, buddy, could you get off the map, please? (laughs) We can't see where we're going. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Thanks. Sorry. You're so polite. Thank you. Um, No, I I just haven't seen the Lego movie. You talked to me about it and said, you know, you, you said I needed to see it. It's really good. And I just haven't had the opportunity to get to a theater, you know, and see it or the disposable income. Quite honestly, to get to the theater and see it, it is. It's going to win all the Oscars. All of them? Will Arnett as Batman. Fantastic. I mean, babe. Babe. (laughs) No, babe. He does this thing at one point where he's annoyed. Mm-hmm. He oh, he groans, and his head does this full three sixty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fine, comes all the way around. <laughs> um, I do like the fact in the trailers I've seen like the classic Lego spaceman. Yeah, yeah, from from the old space Legos, which yeah, I used to do. by uh, Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Also from Pacific Rim. Yes. Yeah. Benny is his name. Okay, he's. I mean, like favorite character of the whole movie. Let's be honest, Derek. You've, you've become. Shall- what do you? What do they call Lego fans? Uh you know, uh, like putzes. I believe is. Like, <laughs> I believe that is Yiddish. Um, it's Yiddish for we take all your money. <laughs> no, like the like you know Russian. I don't Trekkies. Um, uh, broke is what we, we usually get called okay. as broke. All right, all right. We take your money. Hello, I'm a Lego man. <laughs> I take all of your money. Yes. yes. Uh, we we haven't talked about the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. I've, I've, I've got the audio here if you'd like me to play it. Burt Macklin, FBI. Here we go. Into the setup. Drop it now! Yeah, hey, cool man. No problem. No problem at all. Who are you? Star Lord. Who? 
Well, Star-Lord, man, legendary outlaw. Forget it. We arrested these five on Xandar. Check out the rap sheets. Drax, AKA the Destroyer. Since his wife and family were killed, he's been on a rampage across the galaxy in his search for vengeance. Gamora, soldier, assassin, wanted on over a dozen counts of murder. Rocket, wanted on over 50 charges of vehicular theft and escape from lockup. What the hell? Groot, he's been traveling recently as Rocket's personal houseplant slash muscle. Peter Jason Quill. He's also known as Star-Lord. Who calls him that? Himself, mostly. He's wanted largely on charges of minor assault, public intoxication, and fraud. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know how this machine worked. Hey, hey, hey! That's mine! You son of a Hey! Take those headphones off right now! They call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of a-holes. Um, so are, are you officially excited for this movie? I'm on board. Are you? <laughs> Is it just Chris Pratt or? No. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> John C. Riley got me. Oh no, my gosh. Um, they um, call themselves the Guardians of well, the Galaxy. Well, you know, since this came out, and I told, I, I fully admit, and I, somebody called me out on this the other day, that I said I was not a a few years back on Geek Out Loud, I said I was not a Captain America fan and that I was hesitant about the movie. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that. It was I was hesitant about Chris Evans taking right. on that role. Right. Because we had seen what he had done to, in previous roles. Yeah. Um, like Johnny Storm and yes. everything. And the, I was just kind of worried. Uh, sorry. Okay. I'm, no, I'm just saying about <laughs> Johnny Storm. <laughs> Do what? I'm just saying about his previous roles. You said Johnny yes. Storm. I'm like, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Problem? Uh, I know, I, I agree. Okay. Is that a hemi in that? <laughs> really? Fantastic Four 2? Really? All that to say, I was fully so happy with Captain America, and it remains probably my favorite of Phase 1. Next to Iron Man. It's neck and neck with Iron Man. Okay. Um. <clears throat> and, but this, I, I literally, I did not, I grew up reading Captain America, did not grow up reading Guardians of the Galaxy, really didn't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy, except some Rocket Raccoon mm-hmm. references. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a lot of R's there. Um, But I've been doing some research. Yeah. And, 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 and then this hit last week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm 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 good. Let's go. Let's do this. Like the poster, the tagline of the poster is, is "You're welcome." welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastically weird and awesome movie this is going to be. Just fun. This is going to be from the Marvel universe. Um, 
<clears throat> my the first comic book that I ever had in my collection to keep, one of the first few, was The Incredible Hulk number 271. And it's a white background with the Hulk standing there holding like a panel that's all space and everything. And coming out of that panel is a raccoon with a space helmet on. And it's Rocket Raccoon. I don't know if that's his first appearance or not. Um, but but the Hulk and Rocket Raccoon are in that together. And so flash forward, you know, some 20 years almost, I guess, to the Guardians of the Galaxy relaunch after Civil War and all the stuff that went on in the Marvel Universe with this team that this movie is going to be based on. <clears throat> and uh, and they had Rocket Raccoon in there. And I'm like, are you serious? And then I read the book, and, and the comic is actually pretty neat because this ragtag group of people were thrown together with a bit of a common purpose. And they end up, they actually end up being kind of official in as much as like they're flying around on this ship and they're looking for rips in, in the space-time dimension and trying to seal them up and, and, and they end up fighting bad guys and everything and and they are, they're all, you know it, the, the tone of the book is very much what the tone of this trailer is and that is, these people have no business doing anything Yeah, you know um, and, and so the casting of Chris Pratt is perfect um, the the I you know Vin Diesel is the voice of Groot is great because you know all he needs to say is I am Groot. That's the only thing Groot says. That's the only thing he says. Uh, I like Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon, and I don't even think they have to do much to his voice. Because it didn't sound like he was going to do anything. I hate we didn't hear him in the trailer, but there is a little featurette. There's that a came featurette out with him talking where you hear like one line. Yeah, and and the thing is, is Bradley Cooper just has that. Just watch him his face in the 18th. That's exactly what I was about to say. I mean, it's just that smart a yeah, attitude. Yeah, and and so and and Zoe Saldana, I this is this is the most beautiful. This is one of the most beautiful women to ever be in the most geeky projects. You know, from <laughs> Avatar to Star Trek to now this. The here I got. I, I do want to climb up on a little bit of a soapbox here for a minute, Derek. I'll put your milk crate down for you, sir. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You may stand on my back if, Thank if you. we need. I uh, there are times where I both love and hate the internet. No, I pretty much always just hate. Yeah, and 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 I and I get so like I'm I'm glad that everyone that I kind of follow on Twitter or interact with is just so jazzed for this movie. Yeah, you know, I really am because you know it's just cool to have obs this. These are the most obscure comic book characters. I mean, even more so than Blade. You know, I think these are the most obscure comic book characters. This is the biggest risk Marvel Studios is taking to date to put something like this on the screen. And while we readily accept it and see how cool it is, this is the most straight up science fiction thing that Marvel has put on the screen. Marvel Studios has put on oh, the yeah. screen, and. And I think we all just assume the same way a lot of people did with Pacific Rim, that it's just going to be widely accepted by everybody. And 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 I, I think we forget sometimes that in our real lives we hang out with a lot of normal people. Uh, maybe normal is the wrong word. But non-internet people. Yeah, this is going to be a hard sell to the general public. And 
and I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm kind of tired of seeing like everyone like, this is the greatest thing ever. This is the greatest thing ever. And I just, because there's so many of those people, I just wonder, like, like when you're talking about it, you're like, you know what? I'm on board now. I've seen this. I'm on board. I'm sold. I like everything about it. But everyone else is coming at it like, oh, I've loved the Guardians of the Galaxy for so long. And I just want to say, no, you haven't. You don't know them. You don't. You weren't there in the '90s when the first Guardians had their own series, and it was a totally different team. And you didn't get excited when Vance Astro showed up in the new Guardians of the Galaxy and Starhawk showed up. You didn't. You didn't care about that stuff like I did. You don't know my life. That's right. You. uh, I don't want your life. Wait, that's a whole different thing. (laughs) But, (laughs) but I'm just easy, Dawson. Easy. I I just. I I want everyone to to kind of chill out really say yeah this is a great trailer this is awesome this is amazing but we've got to go through captain america first you know and let us not forget how amazing everything they've shown from captain america the winter soldier looks to be and and it's like i just i want to get to captain america i want i'm i'm so psyched for captain america you know, let me, yeah, that's the thing. Let me get through Captain America. And on the other side of Captain America, there's this thing I saw in the Super Bowl where Optimus Prime was riding a dinosaur. Y'all don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody calm down because right now, as cool as that trailer is, the most amazing thing I've seen in movie trailers to date is Optimus Prime riding on Grimlock carrying a sword. I saw an interview the other day where they said that was absolutely like the tone of these have completely changed and this is in no way a kid's movie. And to that I was like, did you see the third one where they were blowing up the people and, and the red oh, mist yeah, was going yeah, everywhere? And, oh, yes. Did you did you see the second one where did the Did you two, see the death? <laughs> did, you, did you see the second one where the two got where the two cars were making jokes that I don't want kids making? You know, or, or hearing about those are called racial slurs. Yeah, there were well, yeah, there were the racial slurs. There were also some crude humor going on there too that I didn't really appreciate. You know, there was Jar Jar too. So, I hope that um, mm. Mm, you breeze right. <laughs> it's like I shot you in the knee. You were like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. It's gonna keep. <laughs> I'm gonna take the pain and I'm gonna make it stronger. What's that movie where the guy's walking forward and he kind of gets shot in the shoulder, but he keeps going on? He keeps moving forward. Platoon? No, it's another yeah. movie. It's some. I want to say it's The Rock that it happened to. Ernest goes to camp. Yes, definitely. It's the arrows that don't hit him. It's the <laughs> paper, rock, scissors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the thought uh, burn everything he knows about <laughs> nuclear dynamics. <laughs> I just I and and I'll be honest with you. I know that we've both kind of scratched our heads about the whole Amazing Spider-Man two thing, but I, I saw it. I saw the movie today and I thought it was great. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even make it through that joke with a straight face. Man, I saw the film earlier and I really enjoyed it. I was I was as I watched this because there's a new international trailer that's been released. It's like, it's like three, three minutes. three and a half minutes long, and all of it is again not footage previously seen. Well, some like of it is. On that one. Some of it is, but but it is. No, but it was all new. It was the whole movie. No, <laughs> we just like with the Amazing Spider-Man. The only thing that they didn't show was Emma Stone dying. You can take. Oh, please oh, don't. Please she's don't. She's going to die, Steve. I know she does in the comics, but not this movie. Just please no. No, they already cut out Mary Jane to move her to the third one. She's dying in this one. 
That makes me so sick. And that's going to happen in that clock, and you know it. You hush your mouth, Derek Russell. No, there'll be total misdirection. Anyway. He's going to save her in the clock, but then she's going to get it'll be one of your favorite bits. She'll get run over by a truck. Oh, then I'll be okay with that. Thank you for saving us. Uh, um, it is, uh, they, there's a little bit at the beginning, some of the theme that Howard, that Howard, Hans Zimmer is, uh, is putting into this thing. We'll just listen. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. See the bells? She's going to die in the clock. Let's go. Another beautiful day here in the How city. How about that Spider-Man? Last night on the Manhattan Bridge, he saved a dozen lives. We want to hear your calls. We want to hear your calls. Heads up, watch out. Oh, that's a cool moment. Where Isn't he saves that the intro to We Built This City? I think it is, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I just want to say, these shots of him going through the city, you know, you think you've seen it before because of the Sam Raimi stuff and even the last Spider-Man but these, but those, those that those, we all, that we saw all of them today, and they were wonderful. Yes, they they do look amazing. Um, the whole Harry Osborn plot point. I've really turned the corner on this guy playing Harry Osborn. I think I've turned the corner on this movie. I I just think it's a really bold bold move to show the whole movie in trailer form. The film on YouTube. I can't get through these jokes. It's the same. Days. It's the same marketing strategy they use for Amazing Spider-Man. It is. It is. Just it's, let's just it's show brass, them. Steve. It's hey, brass. It, it, if Sony's nothing, they're consistent <laughs> in the way they do things. I, I had a, a joke going today, and I may have gotten proven wrong, but I think I think Thor is the only hero that can get away with doing the "I just flew in and boy, my arms are tired" joke. Boy, my arms are Thor. No, just oh. ti- my arms are sore. Yeah, well, you're tired. Thor. Because whatever. Okay. I'm not really going for the uh, Thor pun. I got within you. The okay, joke. I'm I just with thinking you. Thor's the Oh, I just flew in. Yeah, I just flew you in. Get from it? Asgard. But, my, but it was it was thrown back at me that that Spider Man could make that. He doesn't but fly. I, but he Spider-Man swings. Doesn't fly. No. You agree? I agree. He swings. Thank you. You're like mm-hmm. I just swung I in. Yeah. I won. Yeah. Um, you people listening, you know who you are. I won. I really, I really do wish that they would have held off on this whole goblin thing because there is a shot of the goblin in this trailer, uh, a little bit of one, but he's in all the promotional stuff. I really wish they'd have hold off, held off on a reveal until the actual. And there was movie. only one shot of the rhino in this one as well. Yeah, yeah. Which the rhino we've known is going to be in there. Electro, of course, we've known is going to be in there, and um, but I. I just I wish with the goblin thing that they would have really kept that under wraps. And Topher Grace as Venom. To- <laughs> Bold move casting him. Brass, Sony Brass. Hey, I really like Topher Grace as Venom, by the way. I liked oh, him I liked him as Eddie Brock. You want to do that again? No, I mean I well, don't I mean this is Spider Man three all over again. It seems like it. It se- but maybe not. Maybe I'm telling you, Andrew Garfield is gonna dance to staying alive out in the street. It wasn't staying alive, was I it? I don't know. What was it? I don't know. And that was in the second one, wasn't it? No. No, that was the third one. Yes, it was in the third one. No, it was a James Brown song. I don't even know. I d I d I'm not sure I saw that movie more than two times. It's actually I I mean no, you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth, Steve Gloss. Shut your mouth, Steve Gloss. You get that off yourself. Get that off my back. I'm off the soapbox now. I just my point about that whole thing was just the internet. I, I get really tired of seeing it all just hit and everyone just being so hyped and it's like, okay, what's next? Well, I know how mad you are about Jesse Eisenberg being cast as Lex Luthor. 
how do you feel about that? I feel like a bad fan. Because mm-hmm. I'm not one of those guys. You know me. I know you. You know me. You've I... known me for seven years. Mm-hmm, You've known mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I am not one of those people that's like, ooh, I can't see them being cast as so-and-so. That's not me. Right. I'm so about actors wielding their craft and going out of their comfort zone. I'm just, I'm so cool with those things. Of all, like the night that Ben Affleck was announced as Batman, you and I were talking about it. I did not see one positive for him, but I was like, yeah, what? Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, that excites me. As long as the, the actor is capable. Mm-hmm. Of doing the like Heath Ledger's the Joker, I remember that happening. Pumped, I was pumped for that. And that, we, you saw what we got there. Yeah, that took me a bit to get into. I knew Heath Ledger could pull it off. I, my whole thing with him going in was, I want to hear him. Yeah, because the look I could see in my mind the look before we ever saw the Joker, but and I knew that he had the acting chops to do it. But I, I wanted to hear him, and, and of course I wasn't disappointed with the Joker from The Dark Knight. So all that to say is I feel like a bad fan when I'm like, no, I do not like the idea of, Mm -hmm. and I've sort of warmed up to it a little bit because I've been reading some stuff about it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, my problems with Eisenberg lay in the fact that I really don't think he has a whole lot of, he's not really on the spectrum. Yeah. Because, and it's not nothing against him, but he's not done anything out of his comfort zone whatsoever. And everybody's like, well, we watch Social Network. And, and I'm like, no. He, it's well, just see, the same. It's, not, it's not anything. That's the thing. This scene in Social Network. It's raining. I'm sorry? It just started raining. Mr. Zuckerberg, do I have your full attention? No. Do you think I deserve it? What? Do you think I deserve your full attention? I had to swear an oath before we began this deposition, and I don't want to perjure myself. So I have a legal obligation to say no. Okay, no. You don't think I deserve your attention? I think if your clients want to sit on my shoulders and call themselves tall, they have a right to give it a try, but there's no requirement that I enjoy sitting here listening to people lie. You have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. The rest of my attention is back at the offices of Facebook, where my colleagues and I are doing things that no one in this room, including and especially your clients, are intellectually or creatively capable of doing. Did I adequately answer your condescending question? Now, right there, take and put that attitude on on the opposite side of this this alien who is doing all of these things, and here's this this wormy guy with a bald head who's done nothing all his whole life but just try to take control and be smarter than everybody else, and here's the one person who's better than him. But he just sounds like a, a whiny kid. His voice is kind of whiny, I agree. But, and I, still, I don't think it's out of his, his his comfort zone because I still think he's pretty much just kind of being a smartass. Well, I mean, just that's, a sarcastic little smartass, and that's not what like Fluther is. I don't know. I I kind of when I heard actually Kevin Smith saying that scene in Social Network when he does it, I was like, you know what, that makes a lot of sense to me. And so I've turned the corner on it. I, you know, it's not what we expect out of Alex Luther, I think. But I mean, this whole new Snyderverse that's coming about or whatever it is, 
Ooh, sounds like 4D. Not yeah. sn- view it in Snyderverse. In Snyder Vision. You know, we <laughs> none of you know, none of us have seen any of this stuff coming, you know? And I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm it, very interested. I'm you know, I'll be there opening night. There's no question about that. It's not gonna deter me at this point. I hope I hope Snyder saw something in him that I didn't. But when I watch things like Zombieland or other movies that he's been in, he's just—it's just not. I feel like in Zombieland they couldn't get Michael Sarah, so they're like, "Be Michael Sarah." Well, I just—I don't think that he's a bad actor. I just think he's not. I hope this pushes what he has to me not pushed. Mm-hmm. I hope he does something here because let's face it, Lex Luthor, my favorite villain of all time. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing I look at is, and I think, they didn't just call him up and say, hey, you want to be Lex Luthor? They could have. They might have, but I it's doubt it. possibility. I mean, I doubt but, it. But, I mean, have you read the stuff about him? Like, he's bald and he's tattooed. Where's he tattooed at? Like, um, his entire left arm That's is okay. tattooed. That's okay. But it's just, I don't see Jesse Eisenberg having tattoos. No, not unless he's. My thing is, is like why the question you got to ask is why would that character have a ta- be tattooed up? You know, for what what reason would Lex Luthor at any point in his life go? Get uh, his, he was in gang. He's like in in Suicide Slum gangs, and he got and he worked his way out. He worked his way out and became. So Lex he's. L- I mean, so he's kind Lex of a Lionel Luthor situation. Kind of. You reckon he killed but his no parents? No privilege. Yeah, no privilege beforehand. Right. Obviously. Yep. He and Morgan Edge killed his parents. Yeah. And there's no statute of limitations on murder. Acting. Acting. Um, I'm glad you're excited for it. Well, I mean, let's not use the word excited. I'm glad you're okay with it. I'm okay with it. I went for me. There was no in between. (laughs) I'm glad you're excited with it. Let's not say excited. I'm glad you're okay with it. I am okay with it. Yeah. Um, I I feel like, I mean, obviously. It's just the first thing I have been so, like I've seen everybody else just trash it left and right. Mm -hmm. Because now there's the joke going on that, well, I hear Henry Cavill is going to make a cameo as Superman. You made that joke, didn't you? Uh, Maybe. It it was (laughs) funny, probably. (laughs) Well, sounds I also like, want to say that it... That, that sounds like something I'd say. I also want to say that you were the very first person I heard say that you think this is a backdoor secret Justice League project. Well, I, I'm i tired of calling it a Man of Steel sequel because let's just face it. The only thing that seems to be carrying over from Man of Steel is Metropolis's destruction. Mm-hmm. Is going to play a huge part in this, which is great because I think that needs to be addressed. Right. After the fallout front that was Man of Steel, I'm not talking about the fallout within the film. I'm talking about the fallout with the fans, the fan, the public right. fallout from the film. Um, but I've been so okay with everything. They keep saying, "Here's Wonder Woman." Okay, let's do it. You know, I'm I'm never thought I'd see this in a movie. Here's Ben Affleck as Batman. Okay. Uh, then this just kind of was this was the biggest left turn to me yeah out of everything because i a you've got and maybe that's just what they're doing i don't know it's misdirection all the way but you've got you had established lux corp within the first film Mm -hmm. we saw it we saw construction on a new building we saw an existing building we saw a new tower being built and you would just assume that it's somebody 
older? More experienced? Well, you know, and maybe as you get to know this guy, you'll see. Not a 20-something. Actually, I think they said that Cavill and and Eisenberg are the same age, which Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Isn't that crazy? But John Cena and I are the same age. Well, John Cena's got a lot of living up to do to be where he, Steve Gawson. Whatever. Is. I, I just look at him that. and I'm like, I that. don't do that hand thing. But just when he does that, I want somebody to just take his take his hand and why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> I'll I'll make that happen. Wrestling. Uh, um. Never understand it. Anyway. Um. I mean, I think though the problem is is they announced Jeremy Irons as Alfred on the same day. When that was fine. That's yeah. incredible casting. And the good thing was, no matter who was Alfred, they were safe as long as he was Lex. Right. They could have announced Michael Myers. They could have announced Michael Myers dressed as Austin Powers as Alfred. And and nobody would have batted an eye. What a brave choice. I never saw one reference to Jeremy Irons being cast as Alfred in the whole, that whole day. Yeah, baby. Let's get a sandwich, Master Wayne. And, and but you know the whole time I'm just thinking God been at least Ben Affleck's going whoosh, that girl <laughs> yeah. I'm clear I'm sorry I still say Ben Affleck there was a meme I saw where it was like Ben Affleck um, goes home let's something about like wins an Oscar goes home to Jennifer Garner look, reads the internet and says screw you I'm Batman I'm nice. like yeah that's you know that's Ben Affleck um. I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see his Bruce Wayne. I'm excited to see this bat suit. I am too. I am too. But between Eisenberg and a week before that, it being pushed to twenty what sixteen now? Has it been pushed back? Yeah. I thought there was something else that had gotten pushed back, but I guess that was it. It was pushed to twenty sixteen, so they have time to do it. And I just I, of all of all the great choices that I think could pull off a very different. Non Kevin Spacey, non Michael Rosenbaum, non Gene Hackman, just a totally different Luther. Mm-hmm. It's just never in a million years the way I thought they would go right. with it. I mean, I agree. It's what a, is it's, happening in your house right now? I'm I hearing was, things, and it's making me nervous. I'm sorry, I leaned in my chair a little bit. Oh, that's fine. I, uh, I mean, I listen. I'm surprised by it, but I am okay with it because I think he can pull off the arrogance that needs to be there. Well, I think I, I, I'm I'm at the point like I've had a couple of weeks now to you know it's like at the first day I'm, I was like nope, nope. absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Who are, again, I felt like I was being punked like Heroes Reborn. Now, who's doing this to me? Um, <laughs> why would you do this? This is not funny. Who's trying to give me a heart attack? And then you hate that you get all up in arms over that. You're like, why am I? It's a movie. Who cares? But. I've, I've calmed down a little bit. I've quit making the threatening phone calls to Warner Brothers, and um, but I'm I, I now I'm wondering if I thought I was being ridiculous, and that's why I'm backing myself off, or if I'm actually coming around to the idea of that I could see. It's it's one of those you got to wait and see. I think yeah. I, it's it's so unfair to make a judgment call yep. before we're there, and now we're two, we're two and a half years old. Yeah, we're 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 further out Two from that than we months. are from Star Wars Episode Seven. Oh, that's never happening. And that's so, what you're saying. <laughs> that movie's never happening. <laughs> um, at least Superman Two versus Batman versus Man of Steel versus the Social Network's happening. That's right. That's right. Um, and I, I like uh, Gal 
Godot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody had a problem with her. No. Which I was, I was like, good. I'm glad nobody's putting up a fight. Well, speaking of women superheroes, uh-huh. have you heard that Marvel's doing a standalone Black Widow film? I have heard that. Um, I, I just I'm excited for that. I well, look, Black Widow never been one of my favorite characters. I've never thought she could carry her own title, but she could probably make a pretty good movie. Scarlett Johansson, outstanding actress, outstanding looking actress. I'm sorry to go male on everybody there, but it's true. I think uh, the females can agree she's good looking. There's no problem with that. We agree that Chris Hemsworth is good looking. Oh my gosh, he's so good looking. I I just want to be him. Just want to just. Oh, it's not fair. But anyhow, fair. Um, why are all the good looking men in Marvel Universe I named just, Chris? I I just look at what Marvel Studios is doing. I constantly do this, and understand that. Why can you not? You look at. Marvel and then you look at DC and I, I keep seeing that tweet go around and it's it's still funny to me. DC and Warner Brothers is like, we can't make a Wonder Woman movie. It's too confusing and Marvel and Disney's like, here's a raccoon with a with a machine, with a machine gun. gun. Yeah. Here's a talking <laughs> raccoon with a machine gun. I just, it cracks that's, me up every time because it's so true. But see, and the thing is though is, is as a Marvel kid you know, going through the nineties with the with the Matt Salinger Captain America and the never released, you know, Fantastic Four and the Dolph Lundgren Punisher and 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 some okay cartoons that I, I never feel like any of them really knew what they wanted to be. Everyone loves the old X Men cartoon from the nineties and I never really I was always like it's the same old pretentious X Men. Um the Spider Man cartoon was like I don't understand why this is part 10. You know, when I turn it on on Saturday morning, I'm like, well, I'm way behind. This is, this is sins of the father part eight. And I'm like, wait, I'm, and I will join the Spider-Man show event next week. Yeah, exactly. And now, and then listen, the great stuff and people really responded to him. That's what it was called. I know I got that reference and it made me laugh. Um, the uh, you know, 32. but then there was the stuff on UPN, the Incredible Hulk cartoon, and the I, the terrible, terrible Iron Man cartoon, and and just living through them trying to get these properties in some other medium than comic books, and it kind of kicking off in a big bad way. Like, I guess they they kind of hit a, a mark with Blade first, and then X Men was good. But when things, and then X Men got bad. X Men Two was great. X Men Three X-Men was Three was X Men Three not bad. I liked X Men Three. For I like X Men Three, and and some days I'd rather watch X Men Three than the first X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but then then came the Wolverines. Yeah. Well, and what I'm saying though is is then when they hit Iron Man, when it was finally Marvel Studios, and yeah. they finally decided to kind of get under their own umbrella and, and stop shopping this stuff out that they that they could have these licenses to. You know, the minute Robert Downey Jr. comes on the scene as Iron Man, it turned things around in a way. And I just look over at Warner Brothers. I'm like, you've had the power to do this all these years. But you kept everything separate. You kept everything. You know, the comic books are their thing. We're, we're movies. They're TV. And now it's such a... You, you, they've still got this mentality of these things won't work. You know, a certain thing here won't work or this certain thing won't work. 
And I just look, I'm like, you know what? At some point, these characters have worked in the case of Superman and this year Batman for 75 plus years. Um, you, these are characters that work and have worked, you know, and survived through some weird incarnations. So don't, don't sit here and tell me that you can't make something work if you'll just quit trying to be smarter than the material. And I think that, you know, if I have a problem with any of the Nolan stuff, and, and my problem with the Nolan stuff didn't really come until Dark Knight Rises, it's that it's trying to be smarter than the source material. And I even feel that way a little bit, tiny, tiny bit, about Man of Steel. I feel that way with Man of Steel. And, I mean, let's be honest, Batman was, the Dark Knight trilogy was dark and brooding and gritty. And, and Man of Steel, I mean, Superman should have some joy. And there was no joy. In Man of Steel, there was a there was a glint when he was flying. When he was flying was hey, really the only time seen... where the music swelled and you felt that. Yes, you know I you feel that a lot more in Superman Returns than you do in Man of Steel. You really do. Have you seen that video on YouTube of the little two year old kid? Yes, yes. <laughs> That's Watch, a little Derek watching uh, Superman fly for the first time. I mean that was, a, but even when he beats the the. Um, the world engine. The world engine. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really cheering. No, because everything else is going to pot on the other side of the world. I mean, when he saves the the shuttle and Superman returns and saves the plane and flies oh. off. I mean, jeez, huge moment. Yeah, when yeah. he flies out of the airplane, mm-hmm. the the boat plane, mm-hmm. the seaplane, mm-hmm. Richard's plane, goes up to the sun. Yes. Yeah. Recharges, cuts yeah. through the things, I, and lifts up iconic moments and and lifts up the the island of kryptonite yes you're cheering iconic moments that took place and even even the batman trilogy got those man just the moments of him standing on top of a building looking out over gotham yeah you know just those kinds of things and and man of steel was lacking that a little bit but i feel like even with those little things i feel like the biggest problem man of steel had was trying to be smarter than the material and i you know, and then conversely, the flip side of that is Green Lantern's problem was it didn't know it what it wasn't wanted to near do. Near as smart as the material. Yeah, it wasn't near as smart as the material. Oh, it was awful. But I, I take solace in knowing that it would appear to me that DC is doing something that Marvel's not doing, and that's doing very well at TV. Yes. Yeah. Um, I still just can't sit through an episode of Shield. Right. I just can't. I'm yeah. sorry. I've tried. I keep trying, and I keep going. Why am I wasting my time watching this? Did you see that last episode? I don't even know. Yeah. Spoiler alert: I... She ends up shot. Yeah. Okay. I I see. It getting I do in... not care about these characters, and it just right. it bores me. Mm-hmm. I'm just bored. But well, then I watch Arrow, and I'm like, <laughs> this is really good. But like you know really what? Really good. With, and then I'm excited for Gotham. With Arrow, I don't care about the characters either. But the story kind of catches me, and it's like there's the promise of they're not shying away from the fact that they're in a superhero universe. But see, I care about the characters on Arrow. I just, I mean, I Some don't. of them. Yeah, for the most part, I don't. And and that's not a slight against that show, because what that show does for me, though, is is it scratches that superhero itch. 
you know, yeah. with with Agents yeah. of Shield, and this is the thing we got, man. We've gotten emails where like it's not supposed to be a superhero. I understand this. I never said it was supposed to be a superhero. Exactly. But, but my thing is, is when you're in a universe that's been set up cinematically the way that the Agents of Shield Marvel universe has been, you need more than just a passing reference to these superheroes. You well, you just cannot be this boring from week to week. And right. I'm sorry, it's so boring mm-hmm. i think it's getting incrementally better but it's not getting better fast enough it should be on cbs it's so boring it's so wow <laughs> <laughs> there that is it's like, um it's like ncis old this, people watch it for background noise this gotham show's coming to fox i'm excited for gotham i'm excited for constantine i don't know about that oh nbc's got a constantine pilot really yeah hmm. well so yeah dc and, the, and dc also it's animated um, movies, you know, the, the, the releases they do, the DVD releases they do, have consistently been, for the most part, pretty good. You know? Yeah, they're hit or miss. And, um, and, uh, and, of course, now I'm being told with The War, the new one, mm-hmm. which is basically the new 52 Justice League right, reboot, right. they will all be within the same continuity. Huh. I don't know how I like that. Or it will set up a new continuity. I don't right. know because there is a, a Batman and Damien movie coming out next. Yeah. I I like the idea of them just kind of doing whatever stories they want to adapt. I, I really like, like that, that too. Idea. I mean, you want to do death? You do Superman. You do death as Superman. You want to do longbow hunters? Do longbow hunters. Mm-hmm. They should have done longbow hunters. I pitched longbow hunters. Well, they should have. They should have caught that pitch. Well, they threw it to the ground. Well, by God. And see, and now's the perfect time because Arrow's got a good following over at the CW and stuff. It'd be a great, I think it'd be a cool, I th- cool thing I th- to do. Honestly, it would never happen in a million years. I think they should look at doing uh, at least Guardian and maybe Detective and do season 11 of Smallville. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. And get the, and Especially get the cast. if you get the cast to do the voices. You get the cast to do it. I think they should. It would sell. It would sell so yeah, well. It would. I think it would. And I think that um, I'd love to see them do... Uh, I, you, I lost my train of thought when you blew my mind with the Smallville situation. I'm serious. Just do an animated Smallville movie and do Guardian. Just do the first episode. Just do the first one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gee whiz, what was I thinking? There was a There was a storyline... The, they went from longbow hunters to yeah, went longbow hunters. Smallville. Oh, the uh, the so just on the Green Arrow thing, the Kevin Smith run that introduced like Anamonica oh, and yeah, also with the return of Kevin yeah. Kevin uh, Kevin Smith the 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 return of Oliver Queen yeah. from the dead. That one was I he did a great job yeah. in that little series there, and that Anamonica character. Have you read? Uh, the the winding gyre and cacophony. Yes, yes. cacophony. Yeah. I mean, I you know like him or hate him, Kevin Smith can write some good comic book stories. He can. And 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 Walt Flanagan's art is really good in those things. I was impressed. Guy runs faster than Walt Flanagan's dog. Runner than Racy. Um. So anyhow, yeah, I I agree with you. I think DC's doing TV better than Marvel is. Marvel's got some good animated shows. Well, I will, I'll say they've got one good animated show. I haven't got into this whole Avengers Assemble thing, but I have. I'm still into Hulk's Hulk and the Agents of Smash. I've really, I really dig. Um, I've, I have enjoyed that, and and uh, and what they're doing, and and just the way that each episode is standalone, but there's stuff from previous episodes that come into play here and there, and um, 
it's just it's just a fun show that I really like spending time with those characters. But <clears throat> but overall, you know what Marvel's doing in the movies. I think their mistake they're making is they're trying to make everything kind of flow within the court with you know the same universe as the movies, rather than let things stand on their own. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. I'm okay. just letting you finish your thought before I. Well, I was starting to cough, and I needed. Oh, some... I didn't want to cut in. I feel like I made you lose your uh, arrow reference a minute ago. No, so I needed I you to bail me out. Oh, I'm here. Lifeline. You so, okay? Yeah. The the other thing, the last thing, I guess we want to talk about before we get into the to the big stuff is uh, you mentioned the Netflix uh, trailer that was released for the Clone Wars that'll be coming on in March. Yes, yes, yes. Um. Season six. Season six. Which yeah. I wish that would. I wish they would call something other than the lost missions. Yeah. Well, it. It. I think the it also, final missions. Well, I think it, no, because it's not. I don't know that it's. Well, Dave Filoni has said that this is going to be kind of a natural wrap up, um, more than what the original fifth season was. That wasn't a wrap up at all. Oh man, it was gut wrenching, is what it was. See, this will, to me, they'll, they'll end right as we go into the beginning of Sith. No, it won't. You don't think? No, uh-uh. Where do you think we're going to end up? I have no idea, but it won't be right as we go into Sith. I think it will. Okay. Why? Why do you not think I that? Just, because I don't, I don't think that you was... you know things? No, I don't know things, but I don't think that was ever the plan, for one thing. And I don't think that they got to that point. You know, there's still a lot of unfinished things from that show that that will not ever get resolved, uh, I'm afraid. Um, the fate of Darth Maul, for one thing. You know, they brought back Darth Maul. He had his fight with the Emperor. And, uh, and, 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 and the Emperor basically said, you know, I'm not through with you. Well, what are you going to do with him? You know, find out in episode seven. Yeah, maybe, maybe an old an old art Darth Maul with mechanical legs shows up. I remember when I worked for the Emperor. Um, we got a we got a plot twist for you. Okay, <laughs> Darth Maul is actually General Grievous. Oh wow, that is no, because Grievous has been in the Clone Wars. No, don't ruin things. Yeah, sorry. Uh. <clears throat> But I would like to see Maul show up in Rebels. I'm so excited for Rebels. I, a lot of people are. I'm holding my... I'm, I'm, I don't know how you can not be. How can you not be excited for this show? Well, the first character we got introduced to from Rebels is a little droid named Chopper that has an attitude and just seems to always be able to fix things and save the day. You, There can't be two of those in the whole world? I, in the whole universe, in the whole galaxy? I, well, okay. Proceeding on, uh, the, the I like Kane. Yeah, Kanan. The next, he was the next one. We got voice by Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr., which is great, wonderful. Um, he's a Jedi. What? Why? You know why not? Why not be bold and do this thing with no Jedi? You know. Well, I think it's cool that he's a Jedi in hiding. Yeah, I mean that's great, but I mean he's basically Han Solo. That's a Jedi. Yeah, but he's got to die. <laughs> I'm serious. Well, that took a like, dark the, turn. Well, let me tell you what would blow everyone's mind on this show is if in the first episode the Inquisitor shows up and takes Kanan out. 
You know, he's the other he's the other one we've been introduced to is the Inquisitor. He's hunting down Jedi for Darth Vader and the Emperor. What? Obi Wan said in in Star Wars, he's like he helped the Emperor hunt down and talking about Darth Vader. You know, the, just use Vader. Let him be the one hunting down Jedi. Yeah. You know, and so I don't know. I mean, I'm it, the little. I don't know. See, I dwindle on Clone Wars. Like I was back and forth. Like it was good, then it was. Mm-hmm. It just was not my favorite. Right. Incarnation, and that's fine. Yeah. It's okay to not have. I don't have to love everything Star Wars. Right. Uh, and it was when it was good, it was really good. But right. there's just sometimes I just felt like it was dragged. It was yep. kind of like that part eight of Sins of the Father. I was just like, I <laughs> must have missed <laughs> parts Satan. one through seven here. So not gonna watch this one, Greg. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> and I will get further <laughs> away from knowing what's going on. But th- this one just is is speaking to me. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it has definitely a more original trilogy feel. I love the promos we've seen where the Tie Fighters are flying in, and it's that old noise that we love. And and yeah, I mean, I'm not anti this thing. I'm just kind of no, you're anti. I'm. <sighs> Anytime I say I'm not full on board with something, I'm anti it, huh? Um, well, especially when it's Star Wars. Yeah. Well, it's it's, I, and you know me, I'm a Star Wars guy. Apparently not, or you it's, would be on for this. That's true. That's true. You've, I'm not. You've sunk yourself. It's one of those things I'm, I've ho- hoisted on my own petard. Um, be I'm, careful with that. Yeah, I don't know what a petard is, by the way. Uh, is it, it was here number it, one? It was here number one. <laughs> I can see your belly. Captain Picard, you can see your belly. Um, so anyhow, so I don't know. I'm look, I, I'm, I will definitely watch it and hope that I'm way more surprised than I think I will be, if that makes sense. I just don't see how you think you could be. Disappointed? Disappointed. I don't know. I, like, it seems like it's all there. It's, like, all the pieces are in place. To me, even more so than... It it seems like two Clone Wars. It seemed well. See the thing about Clone Wars was, is we were dealing with characters that we knew. We were, and that's fine, you know. And I know that this is different in as much as we're dealing with characters that we don't know. But is but with Clone Wars, it was, and when we weren't dealing with characters that we knew and everything, it was a different part. You you just got to jump around and see the full galaxy. There was this war going on. Here it's very much going to be confined, apparently, to this mostly to this one world, to this one little group of people, and you know that's great for getting to know to start out with. But you know it's going to expand. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know. I think if if this were still Lucasfilm and, independent I mean, company, me, aren't we, I mean judging by the name and what we've heard, are we not seeing the formation of the Rebel Alliance from this? Is this not what it's building to? <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I, it depends on what the time frame is. I don't know. What are we? It depends on if. What are it, we ten years after Revenge of the Sith? I don't. I don't or know. Fifteen. I, see if it's fifteen. The Rebel Alliance should already be formed. Well, let's do a little math. Twenty years after Revenge of the Sith is is Star Wars. Twenty. Mm-hmm. Thought it was twenty-five. No, twenty. Set approximately five years after Revenge of the Sith. Okay, then yeah, it could. De- it's definitely the formation of the rebellion and stuff. So we'll probably, you know, hopefully we'll see some Bell Organa, some Mon Mothma, uh, some Neon Num. Um, oh, howdy, howdy, howdy. Uh, no wait, what does that mean? 
That's not five. Nine. Wait, what? What is the thing you were looking at? Five BBY. That's before the Battle of Yavin. That's five years before Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, see, I don't do a whole lot of well with expanded universe stuff. Yeah. Well, see, and that's the thing. Well, even though Yavin's not expanded universe, but the time frame of by five years before being used like that is. Yeah. Before, well, see, everything is like Battle of Yavin, and I don't understand why they go Battle of Yavin after the fact. But anyhow, um, well, I because I mean, what else would you use as after the, Return of the Jedi? Um. But for a new hope, you wouldn't. You, I mean, there'd I be no other. I don't know. I agree. It's a big moment. It's the best thing to do during the time frame between Star Wars Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith, and Star Wars Episode Four, New Hope. Right. Yeah. So anyhow, before the a battle, motley group of rebels, the crew of the starship Ghost. Mm-hmm. Hey, the Legos look cool for it. That's all I yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. They've revealed the Lego set. I, I, I'm. You know, I'm holding off judgment full on until I see it. And, you know, and I'll probably end up loving it. I'll probably be like, oh, I was so wrong. This is the greatest thing ever. The primary theme of Star Wars Rebels will be exploring the origins of the Rebel Alliance. And see, I feel like that has to happen before five years before the Battle of Yavin. You know, because... Series will begin approximately five BBY, 14 years into the reign of the Galactic Empire. Mm -hmm. That's only 19 years by my math, folks. Get it right. I'm sorry. No, not you, them. Oh, anyhow. Steve's always right. No, no, no. I I mean, I just approximate 20 years. I was just rounding Because you know Vader's going to show up. I hope so. I hope Vader shows up. I hope Boba Fett shows up. I hope that, um, I hope we hit a, get a Han Chewie cameo somehow, some way. You know, down the road. One of the greatest, one of the coolest things that happened in the Clone Wars is Chewie showed up. It'll, one of these, uh... Characters as Mandalorian, right? So. Yep, yep, she is, and so that's cool. You know, um, I, I, it's Sabine, 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 and uh, and the Zeb thing that's like the original Ralph McQuarrie version of Chewie is pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I, it, there's a lot of cool concepts. There's a lot of good about it, but the idea of these five or six people. I don't know. It just, you know, it's obviously trying to recreate what worked about the dynamic of of the original three. And I guess that's archetypal and that sort of thing. It's just, I don't know. I'm still iffy about it. That's all. But uh, I'm going to give up because I'm not going to get my answer. What? What are you saying? Well, I just don't. Is it because there's nothing tying this to anything else that you don't like? Is there, there's no... It's, Obi-Wan, there's no Anakin, there's no, no, no placeholder. No, there doesn't need to be Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's hiding out on Tatooine. I understand that, but for my reference, I'm saying, is I, it because there's no... I think it's... No, I think it's character because... Character stronghold? No, I think it's because the characters we have... I don't want to use the word rip-off. Are too... <gasps> I know they're too much like the characters we already know. Okay. You know, and I and I just feel like it's it's a it's a way to it's just too it looks too easy. You to think me. they're saved by the bell, the new class in this? Kinda. That's a there's good a, there's a reference. Yeah, that's and it's and it's a good it's a good analogy. I also feel like that um <clears throat> I, I'm it also comes down to just I'm tired of hearing about it. 
Okay. I, I'm I'm get, not from you because no, we've I not talked you. about it. But no, no like no. it it comes Good back point. it comes back down to too much on my Twitter feed, too much in my Facebook feed. Too well, you know you know what? Just weed it out. I I know, and I feel bad, but because I'm not trying to call anybody out because there are people who are genuinely super stoked about this. But then there's almost like this thing where it's like. I don't want to be told I have to be excited about this. Let me experience it and see how I'm I feel. I'm not telling you you have no, to. No, I'm not saying you do. I'm talking about the internet in general. I am the internet. I am, <laughs> I am your internet. If you think about it, most everything you hear, you hear from me. That's true. I, I get it from you first a lot of times. So really, I'm the cause of the problem. But you no, can find out about things naturally. But then in the aftermath, when it's all there, I'm like, what in the world? Why is everyone like shoving this down my throat we get it you're excited you know but now let's breathe a little bit i feel that way about the wwe network and let, oh my lens <laughs> well all right mm. well played sir i apparently see where my passions really are right now and yeah. apparently they're with wrestling so. <laughs> wrestling and morning radio shows all right or afternoon radio shows depending on if i get up or not with, I just imagined you in the warnings. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> going to be a six o'clocker today. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's going to be tomorrow morning, I'm sure. Um, Sorry. I end up getting more people live doing it that way, though. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Um, well, we had to record tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, At least I had to. Mm -hmm. If it was just me sitting here by myself talking about my thoughts, I was going to. But I, well, I you felt should've. like... That would been awesome. We would be remiss if we did not... We lost one of the greats today. Yes. I mean, we, that's not... that's We're not... Uh, that's a cliche, but we're using it. You know, I, earlier... I don't mean it to be a cliche, but... No, earlier I was on the Big Honkin' Show, as you know, and... Never I, heard of it. Yeah, I, well, bighonkinshow.com. Check it out if you will. Oh, okay. I what was time talk, are you on? <laughs> I was on about four thirty or about six thirty this afternoon or this evening. Um, yeah, six o'clock. Six o'clock. Um, and and of course, all this news had broken and everything. And I talked about it a little bit there, and and I had to be honest and say, you know, the thing that I'm Harold Ramis passed away today at age sixty nine, at, at the day of recording, and um and the thing that I'm most familiar with about him was ghostbusters um yeah, i think most probably are and i think most are you know especially our i guess our generation and younger generations are going to be specifically ghostbusters i i grew up loving films so i was privy to stripes and cat you know and see i've never things. seen i've never seen stripes so you would love stripes um i've never seen caddyshack all the way through we watched Caddyshack over at your house. No, we didn't. Well, you and I were busy, but it was on. Okay, well, see, I wasn't paying much attention. We were recording. <laughs> okay. It was a rainy day. Uh, did it, it never rained when you were at my house. It did, too. I'm confused. It rained that Saturday. Mm. And the boys sat there and watched Caddyshack while we recorded. I don't remember that. But okay. Well, that's what happened. All right. Um, <clears throat> the uh, We went around town and recorded on Saturday. Later. Okay. This was that morning. Oh, all right. Um, the... We'll pull back the curtain here to things from five years <laughs> sure, ago. Sure, sure. Anyhow, so so that news comes out, 
and and again it comes to the internet being sad and and i you know and and when you say it when you post i'm like you know what here's someone i know that that this stuff is right in his wheelhouse this is this is a writer and a director that derek that i know you had a lot of respect and love for you know but I can't believe that everyone's as sad as they're making out to be on the internet. I'm sorry. I don't want to crap over everything we're doing, but well, just nobody of... ever is right. And so I don't, you know, my thing was I didn't want to disrespect the guy, and so I talked about it on the well, big I mean, it's show. It's always a bit. like, oh my, everybody dies. Right. We're all gonna die at some point. I hate to bring the show down. But I mean, it's look, here we are. You know, yeah, here, here we mean, are. And uh, so, oh, I can't believe he's dead. That kind of thing. And, you know, it sucks that when people die, especially really young people. I mean, the whole Paul Walker thing, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. That's really tragic. Uh, it, I, Harold Dine, he had been sick for the last couple of years. I didn't realize that. Yeah, since okay. probably late 2010 or 11. Okay. And, um, it's just somebody so talented and somebody who has had such an impact on my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the big reasons I wanted to be a writer and one of my favorite film franchises and just one of the funniest people. Yeah. I mean, just straight man. Well, this is what I said on the show earlier today is, is when you look at the, the things that he wrote and directed, he was, he was writing for and directing the likes of Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, John Candy, um, Belushi, you know, these are people who we generally revere and, and look at and talk about their comedic genius, but he is the one who was putting, in, in some instances, words in their mouth and, 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 and directed their timing on screen and that sort you know what I mean? Like, he, this is a guy who, he was the funny behind the funny in a lot of those instances, you know, Chevy Chase, you know, not that any of these guys aren't funny without him, but he knew how to, to write for and direct that caliber of funny. And that, that puts you on a level of talent that is just to me amazing and something to be respected. And we say all that to say, I think one of your favorite films, one of my favorite films is Ghostbusters. Oh, Ghostbusters. And somehow in the last seven years, you and I have never covered the franchise itself. We've made references here and we've, there. We've never devoted an episode like we've we never, have the Muppets right, or you right. know, multiple Star Wars or, right. or anything like that. And I, I see no better way to just respect the heck out of a guy who made both of us laugh for so many years mm-hmm. than to talk about something that we both love so passionately. Um, because his, his work, I mean, you know, we just, you, you cannot get on social networking on February 2nd every year without a slew of quotes that he wrote mm-hmm. showing up in your feed. Yep. I mean, just every time, and in in pretty much, and you know, there, there's rarely a week goes by, there's rarely a day goes by that I don't quote something Ghostbusters myself. Well, and and you think about this as well. When you go on a trip with the family and things go wrong, the first name that pops in your mind is Griswold's. Yeah, you know, that's Harold Ramis. Yeah, and and so, but Ghostbusters was one of those magic things that happened. 
and and seemed honestly for me seemed to happen a lot during during my childhood where something hit and it hit big it was just the right time for this kind of thing i was in second grade when ghostbusters came out and i was not alive when ghostbusters mm-hmm. came out and <laughs> and and it was and it was a topic of discussion for several weeks on the playground have you seen it have you not seen it let me tell you all about it uh, we're going to go now, play. I mean, growing up in the in the household that you grow, grew up in, did you get to see it in theaters? No. 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 Uh, and it wasn't because we were a, a gannet. We, we ended up renting it, and my parents loved it, and I loved it, you know. But it was just when you've got a family of four or five, we just – and when I'm one of that four or five, you, you don't want to take – you didn't want to take second grade Steve somewhere where he's going to have to sit still if it's not Star Wars. <laughs> Um, I'm serious. Like I was not a good kid. I was a good kid. I was just, you know, I'm I like entertaining. Bowler? No, I was not a good kid. I was a good kid. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't like I wasn't mean and and troublemakery, but I just I was the class clown, and I was out. I, I was early ADD, ADHD kind of kid, you know. And and they didn't have that back they didn't then, have that. right? <laughs> <laughs> um. But, but dude, I remember there was this, in, on my school playground, there was this cool rock that just kind of stuck up out of the ground. Big rock, you know. And, and where that, was this? Was this? This was Athens, Georgia. Athens, Oglethorpe okay. Elementary School. And, and I have sometimes have trouble following your. And we used to, I moved to Hazelhurst when I was in fifth grade. And, and we would play on this rock. And it, and this rock served to be a lot of different things. It was just kind of a hangout point, you know, just, you know, a starting point, base for it, you know, that kind of thing. Well, on this one day, I remember it was like, you know, the top of Dana Barrett's building. And I hadn't seen Ghostbusters, and suddenly I'm having to be the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Which, you know, fittingly, I was the chubby kid. But, um, so I'm having to walk up to this thing and try to, you know, get these guys who are all up there. And they're trying to remember quotes from the movie and, you know, all this stuff. And, um, you know, they had to explain, they're like, well, first your girl... But then you turn into the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And I'm like, that's weird, man. I don't want to see this movie. I don't want to be a girl. I don't want to play your reindeer game. You guys anymore. are weird. You, I'm going to play Star Wars. Um, can we just be He-Man? I got this cool Pac-Man. I'm going to play it. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Um, but that's my that was my real introduction to Ghostbusters. I knew what it was. I knew the song. I knew there was a movie. But... You know, the first thing was, here's what we're doing, and... First thing you ever experienced was the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. That's right, that's right, and... You, him. I am, I was him, and when we finally rented it and watched the movie, um, you know, we, it was, we would, it that's what we would do as a family, you know, on weekends sometimes, just rent a movie and sit around and watch it and make a night of it. Yeah. Um... And do you know how much older you were when you got to see it? I mean, by that point, probably a year. You know, the this is by this point you could you could bet about a year turnaround on on movies being released and then being and then being released later to video. Yeah. Um. So it was uh it was probably about a year, but still just ate it up. I didn't catch a lot of the 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 more adult humor in it and stuff mm. and after that first after the opening bit where they're in the library and you mm-hmm. know get her and she oh, i was mm-hmm. like i just looked at my that parents. was your big plan get her i was i looked at my parents i'm like 
am I going to like this? But fortunately, they go right into the Ghostbusters song, so it's like yeah. you get to breathe, and you realize, yeah. okay, this isn't going to be super scary. Yeah. You know, it's going to be fun, and, and they kind of saw that. And um, and I just, I just thought it was so cool. I loved the pro... You know, as a kid, what I loved was the proton packs mm-hmm. and the traps and the, you know... I thought these guys were genuinely cool. I loved Ray. You oh, know, yeah. because Ray for the kid, Ray is the guy when you were my age, Ray was the guy who was loving everything they were doing. And you're like, that's how I would be. I would love Sliding doing down this the pole. stuff. Sliding, yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, you know, and and so it it became part of my little per- Ghostbusters did became part of my little personal pop culture, you know. And then, of course, in '89, Ghostbusters two comes around, and that's another one I didn't get to see in the theater. I didn't get to see it till it came out on video, you know. Really, and um, and so it, and I and I dug Ghostbusters two, you know. I, yeah. And 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 that was my first experience of I. A lot of people were saying, "Well, it's not as good as the first one," and that was like kind of my first experience of, but I like it, you know. And and realizing, I guess I'm a little bit off the beaten path from everybody else because I really like Ghostbusters too, in in the way in the way that story unfolded and everything. And so, I don't know. I, I'd say all that to say that's my experience with Ghostbusters. Okay, Derek, what's your? I mean, well, my experience. Obviously, my experience you weren't around. Different than that. Obviously, '84. Yeah. I was not born yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in 85. Yeah. Um, I grew up watching, I, I can remember the first four years, uh, I, I, not first four years, but I think 87 was when the real Ghostbusters cartoon mm-hmm. began. Yeah. And there is nothing in this world that would get me away from that television set when the real Ghostbusters was on. Hmm. I had every toy. I had every action figure. I still have the car is in my office at work. The same car I had as a kid. Mm-hmm. The Ecto one. Um, I had the proton pack. I had the trap. I had it all. Um, every every bit of it. And I I don't think I saw the original film until after I had seen two. And I saw two in theaters at the age of four, five, mm-hmm. 89, 90. Um, and I have very distinct memories of sitting in that theater, that Malco theater and hiding behind my father, um, whenever Vigo was on the screen. Um, he was a scary dude, man. Specifically. And I still sometimes have a few issues with it to this day. The bathtub scene. Yes. The bathtub scene scared the bejesus out of me as a child, dude. When when that baby's out on the <clears> ledge <throat> and the old lady comes after him, yeah, that one's that one's kind of messed up too. Um, I love Ghostbusters too. Mm-hmm. I love it. Love I love it as much as I do the first one. Uh, in some in some ways, Ghostbusters two has has a few better one liners, yeah, than the original one yeah. does to me. Uh, and it's got a solid plot, and mm-hmm. I. I catch myself quoting Ghostbusters 2 often more times than I do the original. Um, command me, Lord. Oh, command <laughs> me. Johnny, where are you from? The Upper West Side? Um, 
everything you're doing is wrong. I want you to know this is bad. Um, I loved that movie so much, and it was it was after that that I saw the first one. Yeah. So I have a whole lot more connection to the second film, just seeing it first and having more memorable moments with that as a child. Like I said, a lot of a lot of my initial memories and a lot of the the franchise and where all that stuff came from and the theme and the toys came from the animated series right. that I watched religiously. But um, well, that animated series, I, I think it was actually '86 that it started. Okay. Because I remember I was still we moved to to Hazelhurst in the fall of '87, and it lasted like seven. It years. It lasted a while. Um, There's like 150 or so episodes of that. The uh, it was a Saturday morning cartoon aired on ABC when it started out, yeah. and it I remember I thought it was so cool that they called it the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Because every day I would come home from school. And watch the filmation, the filmation cartoon Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters which yeah. I didn't realize at the time was based on a show from the seventies called Ghostbusters, a short-lived seventies show. It was um, older than that, wasn't it? Wasn't it like the fifties? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> That's an old show. It is. It is. And and so and these guys were like the sons of the original. Um, the gorilla and the talking car and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and primeval, and they fought these guys in another, um, in another dimension, and everything. And so then that fall, when they when went on ABC, because they used to do these upfronts kind of yeah. things on on the Friday night before the big launch of that season of cartoons, where they would show all the you know clips from and kind of tell you the lineup. It was the real Ghostbusters, and as a kid, I'm just like, oh. So the gauntlet <laughs> has been thrown down. Oh, well. <laughs> and um Jank, you got the phone. <laughs> and I never really watched the cartoon though. I never really did. Um just because I was like, well, I like the movie. You know, I, I was that I, I was not, that geeky snob as a kid. I'm like, well, I like the movie. Let me tell you what I was. I, you know, there kids get a lot of a myriad of toys when when you're a kid. Um, 1975 is when the Ghostbusters TV show. Oh, okay. I guess I was wrong. Um, you get a lot of different areas of things you like, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I had three things and that these, and seriously, and I own some of most of them still to this day. Um, but they were all I owned. I had He-Man. Yeah. I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mm -hmm. and I had Ghostbusters. That Mm -hmm. was it. Yeah. I didn't own a toy if it wasn't from those three franchises. Wow. And I didn't like a toy if it wasn't from those three yeah. Well, and I, you know, I mean, honestly, as a kid, Here, I was, here's a bike. Uh, no, yeah, no, as a kid, I was the same bike. way. You know, it was Star Wars, He Man, uh, Transformers, and GI Joe. Yeah, you know, and and anything else, I was like, well, okay. You know, I'll take okay. some GoBots. I was probably <laughs> <laughs> GoBots. I was probably. And can remember several times being extremely rude to family members around birthday or Christmas if they would give me something that was not Ghostbusters or Ninja Turtles. Well, aren't you a spoiled little kid? I was. I, I, I mean, I was serious about it, dude. I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Play with this? Here's your <laughs> G.I. Does, Joe. No? You how does can this, keep that. How does this fit in with Ray and Egon, guys? How does this you work? Know, me at four years old. I understand Walmart... With the green tags on, on the, you know, the green Walmart tags on the action figure boxes. I understand Walmart has an excellent return policy. <laughs> so why don't you march your butt right back over there and go get me an econ. That's the proton pack. 
Hey. Hey. Hey, what is this crap? <laughs> I I spend my time opening your present and it ends up being some of these new wave GI Joes. No. You don't say that. <laughs> no. You you take this right back right now. But Derek, they're Legos. Had I known now. You're right, exactly. I would have accepted the Legos. Exactly. But, but no, I'm I'm serious. I mean, I didn't even have I didn't have a whole lot. As much as I love Superman, it's in when I was a kid, Superman was my favorite thing. It still is. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a whole lot of Superman toys. Right, right. But in all honesty, there weren't a whole lot of Superman toys out back then. No, you were after the superpowers line, weren't you? But I had those. Okay. But that's all there was. Sure. And I've still got my Riddler, my Batman, and my Superman and all from that set. None mm-hmm. of them are in the box, but... Of course not. No, I played the heck out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I'd do that anymore. Um, but that there wasn't a whole lot of other Superman toys out there. Yeah. Um, so that was that was what I played with, was, was Ghostbusters. In- and, and I ran that Ecto-1 in probably every wall of the house. <laughs> Um, with all four of the guys inside, and Janine, I had Janine action figure too. Um, Ben Sly, I mean, I had everything, yeah, just everything. And, um, you know, one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do was I, I was at Comic Con like a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I, I ran into some friends while I was there that were working for, um, G4, yeah, the, the network. And there was like a labor strike or something going on. They're like, "Hey, the crew went on strike. We got nobody to work. We gotta go. We gotta go film all this stuff. Do you, you know, you'll get paid. Do you want to go to all these parties and film interviews with these actors and actresses and celebrities and and you know get paid for it and go around all the parties?" I was like, "Yeah, okay." Um, they're like, "We'll pay you like three hundred dollars." a night or something. I was like, sure. I was like, I'm just going to go walk around anyway. And, um, first night, 10 minutes into it. Remember this wound. Do what now? That's from first night. Remember this wound. This is dragon hot. (laughs) Did Rich tell you what he did? No. He sent me a dragon heart. Oh yes, he did. Yes. He told, he texted me. He's like, don't tell Derek, but I found the, the dragon heart laser disc. I opened the mail and I was like, well, who sent this? I didn't order a <laughs> Who did heart this? Laser. Is this Edna? <laughs> who sent me a dragon heart laser disc? Uh, um, oh, Rich. Good one. Good one, Rich. Good one. Um, but first party, five minutes in, I walk in and they're like, okay, uh, we got to talk to Scorny Weaver. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what now? Who? Who are we talking to? What do you mean? <laughs> We're talking to Dana right now? <laughs> this is happening? And something went wrong with the film. I don't remember what, but they were like, it was just me and another guy. And and he was like, I'll be right back. So he runs off and I'm there with Sigourney Weaver. Now, Mm -hmm. you and I have interviewed a lot of people Mm -hmm. in the last seven years. Yeah. But I was just, I I mean, I, I... I didn't know what to say to her. I really didn't. I was, you know, huge you, fan of your work. You, but, you were, know, everybody says that to, to people like right. that. You were as starstruck with her as I was when I got to talk to Stan Bush that time. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I, you know, you, you got to be that guy. And I was like, look, I hate to be this guy, but 
Ghostbusters. I was like, love Ghostbusters all the way back. And she sit there, I just as nice as can be, and probably talked Ghostbusters with me for like 15 minutes. Wow, that's cool. And that was just so cool to me to get to have done that. Because I met Ernie Hudson before, mm-hmm. but that's, you know, in an autograph line or whatever. Yeah. That's not really that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've never gotten to meet an Aykroyd or Bill Murray or, or unfortunately, Harold Ramis, which is somebody I have always wanted to meet and just shake his hand and just thank him um, for so much of what he did. Cause like I said, he was a big part of why I wanted to be a writer. Um, so it was a huge blow to me today. Um, but, but those are my experiences with Ghostbusters and, and it will always be a huge impact on my life. I mean, I'm sitting here look, right now. I've got both teaser posters, original teaser posters up on the wall here in the office Yeah, for both films. Um, and uh, even, you know, a, a couple of years ago, um, I started this new film series at the place that I work at. And we started doing quote-alongs uh, for films. And um, the first one I did was Ghostbusters. And come to find out that the Alabama branch of the Ghostbusters, they've got an Ecto-1. And um, I talked to, the, talked to the guys and they drove the Ecto-1 to over here, you know, a couple hours away to have it at the movie and um i got a jumpsuit and I, got, I i built my own everything and they brought me an extra proton like full the way it was built on the movie wow. to scale prop lights <clears throat> up wand makes the noise everything yeah. proton pack and i got to strap that boy that bad boy and the goggles on light them up and you would have thought i mean if the good Lord had come back that night, that that I'd been good. I mean, that was that, that 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 was the pinnacle of. You could not have made me any happier than I was in that moment. Yeah. I had a smile plastered on. I had the most fun night ever, dressed up as a Ghostbuster with a bunch of other Ghostbusters sitting in the Ecto One, with everything on. I mean, I had I had the black patch that had my name on it, on the suit, yeah. the, the elbow pads, the knee pads, the. The utility belt, the meter, the PKE meter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I had it all, and I was just. And I'm not one of those that goes to cons and dresses up or anything like no, that. That's no. not me. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but no, that's not, not. No, that's, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> that's just not something that I do. Right. Because um, that's a huge craft, and that takes a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of effort that well, I now I can't put forward. But well, now I had an uncle who thought he was Saint Jerome. <laughs> I call that a big yes. Um, um, but I... <laughs> Steve, for the win. Um, but I, I just... That's never been a thing to me to do that. And... I mean, I got to be a Ghostbuster for a night. Call it fate. Call it luck. Call it karma. Did you think uh, he was going to go into a song at that point? No, never. <laughs> I always did. I'm like, oh, is this a musical? The first time I watched it, and he starts giving Ray that speech, I'm like, is this a musical? Because the music kind of starts swelling yeah, it with it. it starts swelling as he's drinking. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but I just, I, but that's, that was, so I have I have a lot of points in my life that are yeah. directly tied to this franchise. And, and one of them's, you know, I think the person who wrote it and starred in it was yeah. the straight man in the movie was... Mm-hmm. Like I said, a big part of why I want to be a writer, but getting to meet Sigourney and getting to talk about those people and yeah. and those films, and then actually, I mean, you couldn't convince me that I wasn't a Ghostbuster on that night. I collect various molds and fungus. Yeah. Um. 
So anyway, I I I, I would have felt like I slided myself if we did not. Sure. Do you have a favorite character in those movies? Egon. Egon is your favorite? Stra- and I'm not saying that because of the events of today or anything. Come on now. Straight up is... He's got some of the best lines. He really does. And the and he does deliver them. The, the character of Egon never realizes that he's being funny. No. You know, he never realizes the irony. He's, he is... Egon is the original Sheldon. You could argue that. You yeah. know, only in in a much more toned down way. You know, he like he just he he's he's <laughs> I just think of when he's talking, he's like, Ray, get a load of these readings. This could be bad. Yeah. I mean it's just everything is I'm really... fuzzy on the whole good bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and if you weren't around in that era, that's when everyone started saying, that's bad, man. Talking yeah. about, that's cool, that's good. And so that's why he says, I'm fuzzy on the whole good-bad thing. What is that? Well, I, I love, one of my favorite lines he delivers is they're in the hotel, they've opened the trap, and it's, you don't look directly at the trap. I look at, I I look at the trap, trap right? <laughs> And it's really the only time he gets any real emotion in his voice. Yeah. He's like, I looked at the trap, Ray. <laughs> My friend, I had a friend that lived up the road from me in Athens. We were, we were good, close friends, and he always loved the, the bit of, and the flowers are still, still standing. standing. Always captured his imagination. I loved Rick Moranis in those movies. He's another, Rick Moranis is another guy who is genuinely, genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. You know, and to think that, you know, again, going back to the Ramus thing, he wrote for this guy, you know, and in some instances direct this guy. And, and Lewis Well, they were him, all SCTV mm-hmm. and, and National Lampoons. Yep. I mean, they all came out of that. But Lewis Tolley, the character of Lewis Tolley to me is just, I, I love the moment in the first one when he opens the door, those people come in, and he just gives their financial history to everybody. And he's yeah. like, so they're okay. <laughs> Got any aspirin? Oh, I buy a acetaminophen. It's a generic brand, but it really it's cheaper. I can get more bang for my buck. Um, but yeah, he in uh, in the fact that he could hear her walking, like he was just so in tune to what she's doing. Yeah. And then when she opens the door, she's like, "Are you?" The, and he's like, "I'm the key. I'm the gatekeeper." And it was just, uh I love the first time you meet him, and he gets locked out. Yes. Coming to see her when she's bringing the groceries in. Just those movies were so... Uh, there's those classic films like that, like Back to the Future and Ghostbusters, that you would just not change a thing. Mm-mm. You wouldn't change a line of dialogue. You wouldn't take anything out. And, you know, I hate, that, especially with Ghostbusters, and, and at least we have those on DVD, but Ghostbusters 2 has like 30 minutes of deleted scenes Yeah, that probably will never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. Uh and we're going to start seeing a lot of Ghostbusters stuff this year. This is the 30th anniversary of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lego set just got announced, and that's a huge deal uh, for a lot of people. For me, I can't wait to build that right. and have the four minifigures that go along with that. But you're going to start seeing a lot of Ghostbusters stuff this mm-hmm. year um, as they celebrate the 30th anniversary. Because I, I think they said that Columbia said that, or uh, yeah, Columbia, or Universal, Universal said that. Um, they had signed with franchises for with over fifty different companies to make wow. new Ghostbusters stuff this year. Wow! So you're going to see a surge in stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
I did see something that said that uh, Ramis did get to see his Lego minifigure. Oh, good. Before he passed, that just got that just got announced like three weeks ago. So that's yeah. a that was a big deal. But uh, those movies were such a huge part of my childhood and and adult life that I I always go back to them. I always, that's they're so quotable. They're so, they never get old. I could sit there and watch. Somebody's the- coming. Whoa! Somebody's. Co- <laughs> Everybody getting this? <laughs> when they're in the jail? Yes. <laughs> they're all just gathered around yeah. listening to them. Everybody getting this? <laughs> they're just. And then you have to wonder. Well, yeah, greatly written, but how much of that was probably just ad lib? Oh. But um, the uh, yeah, there's great moments in two that I hate we'll probably never get to see. Um, I mean, there's a whole arc of the film where Lewis is actually training to be a Ghostbuster. Oh wow! Like the, uh, like a montage. Yeah, that that was filmed and finished and they cut. Hmm. Um, 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 his whole thing of running and then. And then Slimer pulls up in the bus, and he's bus. like, "Okay, I didn't okay. know you had your license." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, who am I thinking of? That's SCTV, and oh, there's a scene. I, I totally went blank. There's a scene in two where Lewis's brother is actually the one that gets them out of jail. He's their attorney. He or yeah, he actually is an attorney. Um, but who plays his brother? It's, um, I thought Lewis showed up to get him out of jail. Well, he does. And then, and then that you see that, that, that he's actually like outside waiting on them. Okay. And, um, who is it? He's not the other guy that did the Canadian stuff with him, is he? The, yeah, uh, but it's, um, I have just totally. People are yelling at their iPods. Uh, they are, and I mean it's a deleted scene, so I don't feel as bad. <sighs> what was the? Uh... <laughs> what is his name? Bob McDoug McKenzie. No. <laughs> Eugene Levy. <clears throat> yes. Thank you. Is it Eugene Levy? Yeah, it's the Eugene dad Levy. from American Pie. Yeah, that's I could hilarious. not think of. They film. They film something with him. Yes. Oh wow. No, oh, that was gonna drive me crazy. I just went to the SCTV IMDb and started. Are oh, you just going list. down the list? Mm-hmm. Well, well Doug was McKenzie was the. It was Bob and Doug McKenzie that Rick Moranis and and the other yes. guy did, but. So anyhow. Now and then you start talking about strange brew and right. <laughs> oh, it's such a uh, Rick. Then you start talking about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, and you know Rick, you just get into the whole catalog of Rick Moranis's work. Cousin Lewis's cousin Sherman Tully. Mm. I it's two now. See, you're more familiar with two than even I am. I've watched the first one so much more, even though I don't, I mean, I like to, and I love, to me, I love the ending of two with the, the Statue of Liberty and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, 
and the version of uh, your love lifts me higher and um and uh, <laughs> bill murray's delivery i there are tons of funniest people ever bill murray is one of the funniest people ever to me yes the, his his deadpan delivery of just smarminess and and snarkiness and just and then when he uh, i love this plan I'm excited to be a part of it. But in in the second one, when he starts singing, Your love is lifting me higher. It's like he's purposely just not singing it right, but it doesn't matter because everyone's into it. And and when he's like, we were doing quite fine, you know, excuse, pardon, pardon, pardon. (laughs) When Dan Aykroyd, when Ray's like, we were doing just fine until Dela's here uh, came and shut down the power grid. Is this true? Yes, it's yes, true. It's true. This man has no knee. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and of course, the whole dogs and cats living together, mass, mass hysteria. hysteria. Did you ever get to play the video game? Yeah, remember? You sent it to me, or oh, I did, didn't I? I yeah, or something like that. And it's you're welcome. It's it's simultaneously <laughs> funny, and there are moments that are just scary. There's some some scary moments in it, but, but you know, Ramus actually wrote it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, it pretty much was Ghostbusters three. Yeah, uh, and now I guess it's probably going to have to be the only thing we'll get. Yeah, um, but I had long ago stopped thinking, abandoned hope. Yeah, I've abandoned all hope on Ghostbusters three ever happening, or at least one that was going to include the original four, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably Rick Moranis because I don't really see that happening. Somebody have to go into Canada and find him. Yeah, I heard an interview with him a little bit back, you know, just talking about how he's just enjoying retirement, doing his thing. He does his music, and that's pretty so, much all he wants to do. And that's yeah. I, I, He did a lot. Him so and Steve Martin, he, man. He's earned that. Do what? Him and Steve Martin doing the oh, music him and Steve thing. Martin. Steve Martin's still acting, isn't he? Mm-mm, not really. Is he completely just... I think he's kind of really kind of gone to the whole... Uh, he might be doing a little bit of acting, but I think he's done more. He's he he got into the whole music scene and was like, "All right, I'm just gonna do this now." I saw Alec Baldwin say today he was done and going away. Oh, just out of the out of the light. He's following Shisley, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just I, these movies will always mean so much to me, and then not just those, but Caddyshack and Stripes and, and, mm-hmm. and Groundhog Day and Animal House. I mean, the, yeah, you think about the amount of talent it would take to produce the, and they're not all great, you know. I never saw that one with Michael Sarah and Jack Black from a few years ago, and I've heard it was pretty awful. But which was that? The one, the biblical one. I don't remember that. Year one, Earth one. Was that Harold Ramis? Yeah. He wrote that, or he was in it. He directed it. Maybe he didn't write I don't, it. I don't. I don't think he directed it. I'm looking at his IMDb page right now. Oh yeah, he did. He wrote it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not all winners. He was in it. He played Adam. I did see it. I don't I remember it much. And he had a turn as. Uh, did you ever see Walk Hard? The Dewey Cox story. Oh yeah. He has a turn as one of the producers in that that is hilarious because they're you know they're Jewish and everything and they just play that that up so much and um i watched um this is so weird night before last i watched airheads netflix added it and i have not seen airheads probably in 12 years i haven't seen that in years i used to watch comedy central used to show it like all the time yep 
And I used to watch the heck out of it. I've not seen it since Comic Central. It used to air it mm-hmm. all the time. And Netflix got it. And I watched it. I forgot he was in that. Yep. Um, that he shows it for me. That was a great movie. <clears throat> that, was, uh, was it a great movie? It, it really was funny. Yeah. That was in Brendan Fraser's heyday. Yeah. Now we got weird Brendan Fraser. He showed up in the... Uh... He um he showed up in the G.I. Joe movie. Brendan Fraser? Yeah, in the first one. He was Sergeant Slaughter. Did I miss that? I guess you did. I don't remember that at all. Oh, wow. How do I... I'm going to have to go back and watch that. I still have not seen the second one. It was... I, I watched it. It was pretty good. Never saw it. Yeah. It was, you know, it's pretty good. I went to go watch Transformers 3 the other night after you and I talked about it, and they weren't on Netflix anymore. By George. No, by Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) He, uh, but yeah, these, back to the Ghostbusters. Um, I never got into the cartoons. I know you, you said you did. Um, but I was, you know, you um, were a kid. I mean, I was a kid younger when they than came you. Out. Yeah, but I mean, I'm Seven just saying. Years younger than you. But but my reasoning was so much the internet cultural reasoning. Oh, these are not the movies. I don't want to mess with these. Um, but well, it come lasted. On, it was Dave Coulier and Arsenio Hall. Eventually, yeah, I know. It, that's the thing is, it lasted 140 episodes. So I never understood why Egon had like the blonde hair that he had in that show. But well, and I remember can remember watching the other the show after that, the Extreme Ghostbusters that had Egon. Extreme Ghostbusters. I didn't really like it, but there was a cool like the it may have been the series finale. They brought the other three back. What was it? Egon and three different people or something? No, it was Egon and Ray and Winston and Peter. Oh, oh! Are you, the show was yes. Uh, Egon was a professor. Okay. At NYU, and it was just he and Janine and Slimer kept the Ghostbusters going. Okay. But he's old. He's like in his late fifties, mm-hmm. and his students become the new Ghostbusters. Yeah. Frank- but it was like a. Uh, it was the politically correct Ghostbusters. One of them was African American. One of them was in a wheelchair. Right. Oh really? Yeah, and hmm. but then at the end of the series, they brought in Peter and Ray and Winston. Well, as it should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the voice acting on on the on there. Uh, you mentioned Dave Coulier and Arsenio Hall, but um, dude, uh, Maurice Lamarche. Yeah. Uh, who is a legendary voice actor as well as Frank Welker, legendary voice actor. On, on the show, uh, he was Ray Stance, uh, was Welker, and, and Maurice LaMarche Marsh played Egon. Um, he's also the voice of Wacko, no, Yakko Warner, mm-hmm. um, and many, many others. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it, it was a typical Saturday morning cartoon, and, um, and it lasted for uh, five years, 140 episodes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they were doing something right, you know? They had the toys. It was it, it it kept that franchise alive, and like you say, it was kind of your introduction to that franchise. So, it was. It was um, for me as a two, three year old. Yeah. You know? And so I think, and and like I say, of course, you know, Ramus 
having been a writer on, you know, go, I, I think it was, was it, didn't he and uh, Aykroyd collaborate? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, having been a writer on that and touched that thing and, um, you know, and, and, and then for that to expand and grow into what it did, um, was, you know, it just shows the cultural impact it had at the time yeah. to carry on for that long. And even now people still talk about Ghostbusters and even people who aren't from my time and my generation and your generation, you know, it's still a part of, it is, it has become a part of the fabric of, of, of American pop culture. Yeah. So much so, Derek, the year was 1995. And I went to see a little movie called Casper. Oh, man. I didn't even think about that. And there's that great uh, cameo that... Uh, is it just Dan Aykroyd? It's just Aykroyd him? running out You know, and he house. comes out and says, who you going to call? Someone else. Somebody else. You know, and... Um, and and they'd been off my radar for a little bit at that point, you know. And then I'm like, oh yeah, the Ghostbusters! I love the Ghostbusters. Well, and it's so great, just the time lapse between '84 and '89, the fact that Ray and Winston are doing birthday parties. Yes. And all the kids are wanting <laughs> He Man. Yes. He Man. He Man. Um. And they're doing the song. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, yeah. and everything. And they've got the car out front, and they're unloading the proton packs. Mm. They've got the whole things with them. Um, but the... the, I mean, show you how much this is encapsulated the world, uh, th- that franchise. I mean, outside of Hook and Ladder number eight, which is where the exterior was filmed. Right. For the firehouse, the Ghostbusters firehouse, mm-hmm. Twinkies all over the sidewalk. Yeah, today. that's a big Twinkie. And um, good thing they brought them back in time. Yeah, for this. And memorial. the sign from Ghostbusters Two lives inside the firehouse, and they've hung it. I'm out sorry. Front. I'm sorry. It lives there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, it, that's it. It remains within the. It, it stays there. It's whatever. It lives there. Hey, the Ghostbusters Two sign. Where do you stay? Where it lives you, up there. Where you stay? It lives. So they've there. got it. They put it out front. Yeah. Which I think is awesome. Which, you know, if, if I did have one criticism of Ghostbusters 2, I don't understand why the sign has the two up in universe, and on the and now on the side of the Ecto one it had the he was holding the Ah, two. it's just marketing. Yeah. Just marketing. Just We're the best. We're the Ghostbusters. We're back. <laughs> Do Ray Egon. <laughs> some classic stuff there man it, it really is it really is and you know you it's like i said today you know obviously we know harold ramus because of his work yeah and 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 that matters to us and everyone that that talks about him and and, and refers to him is going to be talking about the work of harold ramus and obviously he you know the people that he worked with and, and his family and friends you know are going to miss harold ramus the man and we're just we're fortunate that that this work that he's done that we've loved for so long isn't going anywhere. Yeah, you know it, it it's it's going to be there. And and I would say if you've never watched Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Two, um, what are you waiting for? Turn this off and go pick up those movies. They are they're comedy classics. Like Derek said, I mean you said it best. You know these are movies that you wouldn't really change anything about. 
Um, and, and, and there's no sense in anyone ever trying to remake them or trying to do them better or trying to do them in a fresh way because they are, they are that perfect in a sense. And, um, you know, right from the, right from the outset of somebody blows their nose and you want to keep it. Um, you know, it's just, it, it, they, it, it's, the, the the quotes that you get from it. Well, we can do, you know, we can play Mario Brothers or... Uh, <laughs> Mario Brothers. Or... <laughs> and it's... They're just... Okay, who brought the dog? Yeah, who brought the dog? Uh, what about when he, like, gets attacked by that thing outside the window of that restaurant? Everyone turns and looks. And then when Look, he just kind of... The music even eating. stops. Yeah, they just go and back just, to They eat. go back to eating and the music kicks back in. Dropping off or picking up. Dropping off. <laughs> Would you like some coffee? Would I? Yes, have some. Yes, yes have, have some. some. <laughs> Who does your taxes? <laughs> That's what he's weird after he's been a dog. Felt great. <laughs> This has been fun. I'm glad we did this. Oh my gosh! At the end, when the credits are rolling and he steps out, and he just waves everybody. And when the take, blanket falls off, and they him take him the completely off. He's like, "I want to go with those guys." <laughs> oh man! Oh, well, he's got one of the best lines in two, when he's defending them in the courtroom. Yeah, is you know he gives this whole spiel about how they should should not be charging the Ghostbusters because one time I was a dog and they saved me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. One time I was a dog and they saved me. Oh man! Well, a very pointless. It was, <laughs> it's good stuff. Watch the movies if you hadn't. If you have, watch them again. They're worth it. It's it's really good stuff. And watch watch Stripes. Yeah, Stripes I need to see Stripes. Great... I need. To, you, listen, I love John Candy. And I mean, it's it's it's. Harold, it's it's Bill Murray and it's John Candy, mm-hmm. and and you need to understand. I love and have always loved John Candy. Uh, you know, before Chris Farley, there was John Candy to me, yeah. and he didn't have the the over exuberance that he did. But Candy had this way, and I, this is they're all in the same wheelhouse. So you know, yeah. John Candy, Bill Murray, all these guys. Candy had this way of of delivering lines and and just saying things and going on and on and not realizing he'd do the part of not realizing how awkward the situation was for everyone else and just keep talking and keep going and just and then just laugh you know just laugh at the the character would just laugh whether it's the whether it's the guy in the back of the moving van on home alone or you know planes trains and automobiles planes trains and automobiles last weekend one of my favorites he's just so good the great outdoors with him and dan Aykroyd is such a good movie oh my gosh it's It's so so weird for him to be the straight man it is it is but it's so good when he eats all that meat and they get back and um uncle buck of course is a great john candy movie none of this has anything to do with harold ramus necessarily other than the fact they were both on sctv and they were you know, Friends like and, I said, yeah, yeah, definitely right there in the same. But all the, all these are from that same yeah genre of. And so that's, I say that stuff. to say I don't know why I've never seen Stripes. You need to. You know? Stripes is a great movie. Um, you know, there's the great bit of uh, there's this scene at the beginning where they're enlisting, and the the army rep is talking to Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, and he's having to go down a list of questions. You know. Or, you know, 
you have any special talents? What are you good at? What are you doing? Are either of you homosexual? And they slowly turn and look at each other and no, but we're willing to learn. <laughs> Do you send us somewhere special or how does <laughs> It's like Bill Murray says, "How homosexual, flaming." I mean, what what is the? (laughs) It's like a police academy for the for the army, but um, yeah. So Harold Ramis, I know, will be missed more by the people who knew him and loved him than he will be by us. But we're fortunate to have his work and and to celebrate the body of work that he did. And it's always worth going back and revisiting because the stuff, by and large, a lot of the stuff that he did is timeless. you know, even even set in 1980s New York, uh, the Ghostbusters movie itself is is timeless, and um and and you should definitely do yourself the favor of rewatching or watching it for the first time. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for us on this episode of Geek Out Loud. The email is geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Of course, we're on Twitter and the Facebook, both Geek Out Loud at Geek Out Loud and Facebook.com slash geek out loud we're a proud member of the shot glass digital network at shotglassdigital.com head over that way for a full gamut of all kinds of great podcasts and uh, of course the flagship over there rebel force radio the premier star wars podcast on these here internets and um a lot of stuff a lot of fun stuff happening here at geek out loud as well i hope that you guys have been enjoying some of the stuff that's been coming up in the feed uh, with Mark Out Loud and uh, now Rock Out Loud, you see what we're going, you see what we're doing there, and, uh, and <laughs> Helen so, Keller sees what you're doing. That's there. right. That's that's how blatant it is. So and uh, you seen if, Helen Keller's dog? Neither has she. Neither she. And if uh, wow, if you're my apologies to any family members of Helen Keller that might be listening. If you're so inclined, <laughs> um, check out the Big Honkin Show at BigHonkinShow.com. And uh, follow the Big Honkin' Show on Twitter at Big Honkin' Show and, and know when we're going live over at the Mixler. And uh, join us in the in the live chat, won't you? So, well, Derek, I've enjoyed it. I appreciate you making me do some recording tonight. <laughs> appreciate you forcing my arm. <laughs> You're welcome. I think it's okay. Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks for being a jerk. Okay. <laughs> Well, until next time, everyone, I'm Steve. I'm Steve. See you, Steve. I got really confused. He wrote <laughs> Multiplicity. He wrote and directed Harold Ramis. That's something Did I didn't realize. Yeah, hold on just a second. Let me get back here. It's, I thought that was Ivan Reitman. Uh, no, sir. No, sir. He. Um, I'm going to be more sad now. If it... He directed Multiplicity. How looking at that? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Man, direct it. He didn't write it, but he did direct it. So, how about that? I did not realize that. Yeah, I mean, he's in it, isn't he? No, isn't he the doctor? No, no, no. The doctor's a a much older man. So, it's been years since I've seen Multiplicity. It's been too long since I've watched it. Who is the doctor in the Jurassic Park guy? I think for someone very much like him, dinosaur. Definitely not multiple. He's definitely not him. No, okay. <laughs> he was dead by then. Um, <laughs> all right, gang. Good night, everybody. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. <laughs> <laughs>